from the land of mystery where dreams become reality always listening to stories from the past the present and the future this is back to your story All right, all right, how's everyone doing? All right, before we hop into the nitty gritty, I want to talk to you guys about a little bit about Jupiter CBD. Uh, it's the first CBD company out there designed to alleviate stress. They've created something really special and magical. Um, for me, it's really important because my day to day is just filled with fucking nonsense, and I need something to kind of help just balance it out. I would never talk about anything that I personally don't take. And uh, yeah, so I've been in love with this stuff for a while now. And I really think that you guys will appreciate it. They're offering something special to my listeners. uh, And that is $10 off. $10 off what? And it is the Jupiter Journey, a two-week supply of some of the most delicious CBD on the planet. Um, and it's traditionally 29 bucks, but for my listeners, you guys are going to get it for $19. Yep, a two-week supply for 19 bucks. All you got to do is go to getjupiter.com and use the code STARRYTIME. Woo, and that's it. So what are we going to do tonight? Who are we going to talk to? We're going to talk to the very talented Penelope. Um, she is an amazing, just incredible human being uh, who has stories ranging from um, her amazing work as a director and writer, um, you know, the, uh, the fabulous One Night in San Diego. Uh, my wife worked on that film and it is funny as shit. Um, and everything ranging in between just her, her life, um, even to the times when she was living, uh, in New York and everything she went through during nine 11, I, I just was in awe about her stories and we had a really good time. I'm very excited for you guys to listen to it. So let's get to it. So, you know, I've, I've known you now for, I don't know, probably like a, a year, a couple years now. I think like two, yeah. And I know nothing about you. I come over to your house. I, you do amazing work. I'm talking about <laughs> you, like your personal, like your personal life growing up, where you're from. Mm-hmm. But as far as the work that you've put out, One Night in San Diego, that was, oh my gosh, I, I didn't know what the movie was really going to be about. And watching it, it was so fucking funny. Oh, good. <laughs> Everyone was laughing their ass off. Um, the entire time it was really well done and the jokes were freaking awesome. So kudos you. to you. I'll, I Thanks, guess I'll dude. start off by saying that, but I'm really glad you liked it. That's yeah, probably one of the few yeah. people that's actually seen it currently. So I, uh, that room was packed. How many, there were, there were hundreds of people in there. It was yeah. fucking so funny. You got to push that shit like, like even, uh, more and continue on the path that you're going on because, to write a movie like that and to to then put it all together, um, it's it's inspiring, man. Like, thanks, dude. <laughs> the driving motivation is so cool. Thank you. Um, for you growing up, did you always know that you wanted to make movies? No. How did how did you stumble upon that? Absolutely not. It's <laughs> um, so so growing up, I went to this fucking terrible all girls school okay. uh, until I was. Shit, I was like 14 and I asked my parents, I was like, please, like, I don't want to go here anymore. Girls are bullies, man. They're freaking <laughs> yeah. mean. Yeah, young kids are mean. Anyways. Yeah, they're mean. For girls especially. Yeah, right. 
Um, so I ended up going to this school called Professional Children's School, um, and I switched schools, and I loved it. It was awesome. I met, like, two of my lifelong best friends there. That's um, awesome. One of whom produced One Night in San Diego, and one Fuck of whom yeah. was in it. So. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I love this, the school. I actually originally went there because everyone who went there had, like, a profession. Okay. So um, my profession was that I liked horseback riding. So I used to compete every weekend. And I would go, and that's why I was in Wellington. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah, like, I went there for horseback riding, and I was like, I know, like, seeing the other people around me, I was like, I'm never going to be a professional rider. You know what I mean? Like, they're so good. Yeah, the polo fields are huge in Wellington, man. So I get that. It makes sense. That's so crazy. So I started doing, I did that, and I also simultaneously was, was singing a lot. I was in a band. Okay. So I was playing keys, and I was writing music, and I bet I was like, you know what? Like, I really don't want to go to college. I want to be in a band, like, full time. Um, so I, my parents were like, no, you should go to school. Um, I was like 18 and like a total idiot. And honestly, I'm glad I went to school later because I think I would have just like pissed away my education if like I had just gone right to college. So yeah, I was in a band. We went on tour. We went to China. We're on like a Chinese TV thing. What, uh, what music were you playing? Uh, like, so it started off kind of like, uh, Sort of like a Vanessa Carlton, Fiona Apple, like okay. that kind of vibe. Um, and then it sort of morphed more into like an electronic kind of thing because like nobody ever came to my shows <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the, except for like my parents and my friends that got sick of my Facebook invites probably. Um, so then we started playing more kind of uh, electronic-y kind of music. We threw in some rappers. Nice. And, you know, it was a totally different vibe. But yeah, like making all the music was cool, but I really realized that I wanted to go back to school. Um, and then I do really think education is important and I appreciate I, that. I, I appreciate that. It truly is. I wouldn't necessarily have ever referred to myself as like maybe a book smart person or okay. I never thought I was. And then I went back to school. Um, I must've been like 25 by the time. Cause I've been playing with the band the whole time. So I went back to school and, uh, <clears throat> excuse Let's me. Move the microphone a little bit closer. My bad. No, it's okay. I was actually just trying to back my face away while I coughed. Um, <laughs> no backing away. Come on, man. I know. Right, dude. Um, so yeah, no, I, I went back to school and I thought I wanted to do English lit. I wasn't really sure. I was taking all these weird classes <clears throat> and I stumbled upon a film course, which looked really cool. And it was cinema studies. Damn. So I started taking like all of these cinema studies classes and then I was actually like fucking nailing school and I was like, really all about <laughs> it. Feels it feels good. It feels and, good. Yeah, no, it did. And actually like I met. There was like, they had a, an initiative going on at the time with like, um, I wouldn't say an initiative, but like because of the GI Bill for a lot of military yes. people that had been, that had served, they like paid for a lot of their schooling. So there was actually a bunch of people that were all like 26 going to school. So I was just, I befriended all of these amazing men that were Marines in college nice. and we would all take these film classes and like, Gosh. it was just like such a cool like experience. It sounds like a really great part of, your, part of your life. I mean, I see your face. It's, it's totally lighting up, yeah, you know, I, about this moment in your time. I, I loved Fordham. That's our school. It was Fordham University, Jesuit school. I'm not a Jesuit. <laughs> but what I would say about that is that I, in conjunction with the cinema studies, I ended up taking this course with this man, James Fisher, who he was on the Criterion Collection, actually, uh, the DVD for On the Waterfront. Oh, nice. Um, Because he actually knew the guy who, the original um, priest that the film was based on and also the writer of the movie. 
um, who I believe passed away a few a few years ago. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> His name is Bud Schulberg. I do remember Look that. You. <laughs> uh, no, I remember that because of James talking about it. And then when I took Spike Lee's class, he was talking about it too. You were, but you took Spike Lee's class? In graduate school. Man, what was that experience like? Because I... Uh, it was pretty rad. He's He was definitely a very interesting uh, teacher. Uh, I would say that like he definitely curated a really good selection of films that we would watch and okay. then discuss. And good educator? Um. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I mean, I, to be fair, most of the course that he teaches, it's more like lecture. It's a, it's less lecture based, like the lecture short and it's more oh. like viewing. And then we talk. Okay. okay. Um, and he would ask questions, but he did do a really fun thing at the beginning of every class where he would like hand out like scripts for you to read and stuff like That's that. Cool. And that was cool to like, yeah. And so he actually handed out on the waterfront on one of the classes. Wow. Um, but yeah, this, this guy at college, his, um, his, uh, what's it called? His course was so interesting. And it was about the course he taught was called religion and film. Okay. And he would go, there was all different kind of, kind of, uh, films that he cho- chose. Actually, he even picked up one of my suggestions, which was whistle down the wind, which I loved. Um, but yeah, he did, you know, what was it 25th hour? Okay. Um, yeah, I actually, actually I don't even know who he is. I'm terrible uh, at names. No, no, this teacher you wouldn't know okay, who he is, okay. but these these movies okay, that he curated. Okay, okay, okay. All right, I get that. Um, like Taxi Driver, and yeah, stuff like for that. Sure, but like talking sure. about religion and stuff like that. Um, that's a that's a good um that'd be a good class to take. Religion. It was really, it was actually really cool, and I've yeah. never grew up like. I'm like, I'm spiritual, but I wouldn't say that I'm, I've been a religious person. For sure. But if you enjoy education, right, which totally you, you definitely do. So something uh, that we don't think about often, or at least I never do, right? We always talk about race, but like religion in movies um, and television, it definitely there are strong, you know, undertones. And I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, even just like the way he, work. he lays the guns out, like on the bed in taxi driver okay. like that he was like it's laid out like a cross you know like oh shit. just shit that like you don't really think about and then you're no. taking this course and you're like oh yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um really dissecting the movie yeah for sure so that was cool and then i somehow then ended up migrating down to the basement where they had all the art shit and i took some film classes and i i really liked them and then I was pressured every week to they the, the teachers there weren't as focused on narrative film. Okay, they really liked experimental. Um, I remember this one dude. I forget his fucking name, but he uh, he was always waxing a poetic about experimental film. I, I can see the merits of it. Yeah. Um, I can also um, there was the other professor that I took there who I really liked, whose name was Mark Street, who's an awesome fucking filmmaker who makes okay. some really rad movies. You should look him up. Um, but he, he actually like made the assignments more like loose. So you could kind of do narrative, you could do experimental, you could do whatever you wanted. So I think my first film that I made, I shot on the Bolex, (laughs) like a 16 millimeter that took me like hours to figure out how to fricking load. Cause like I had no idea. I had no idea what was going on. And we shot, we went out to Lake Placid, like me and some of my friends and we shot a little horror movie that when I ended up getting it developed, I mean, the pack lab doesn't even exist anymore where I used to get Damn. it developed in New York because no one's shooting on fucking film. No, it's like, not unless at all. they're shooting on like 35, but it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's just so a expensive. Time. Like, 
But but you know what's crazy? I'm I'm sorry to cut you off. It's like mm-hmm. you know I'm kind of I'm looking at your life, and now you've gotten to this point. You're 25, and you know beyond, and you got into the the art of you know making movies and writing and doing all of that. But you know, starting out as a young kid, right? You grew up in Wellington, Florida. No, I grew up in Manhattan. So you grew up? Oh shit! You grew up in Manhattan, but I you, grew up in New York City, like actually New York City. Like I grew up in Kipps Bay, like okay. Murray Hill area. Um, where there was no subway nearby and not too many people uh, lived in my neighborhood. They all either lived uptown (laughs) or downtown. So no one was really coming unless they were taking a taxi. You know what I mean? Damn, that's crazy. So uh, you, growing up in in Manhattan, you know, people from the outside look at New York is uh, just, it's it's amazing, right? And then you get to go visit it and, 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 uh, you know, kind of appreciate everything that's there. But living there is completely different than, uh, you know, just visiting somewhere. I think living there, everyone grows up really fast. So it's like all this stuff that like I'll hear about people doing at like 20. We uh-huh. did at like 14. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, like, that's why I, for example, I hate nightclubs. Like I'm yeah. not a nightclub person I'm at same all. Way. Yeah, I'm like I way. loathe them. Yeah. And like, unless it's someone's like birthday or like yeah. a special occasion or something, I'll go. Um, but I think it's because I went to so many when I was a kid yeah. that like I just am not into it anymore. For sure, yeah. It, I don't know. I I believe I I don't know. I come from the philosophy that uh, kids that, and I'm not promoting this by any means, but I'm just saying for like my life and people that I speak with. Uh, you know, for me, I was partying my ass over like 14, 15, 16 years yeah. old, uh, going to raves every fucking weekend, taking tons of ecstasy at 14, 15. Fucking terrible uh, looking back now, right? Um, we used to go to like the tunnel nightclub where they had like cages hanging from the ceiling. Exactly. Morning. At 14 years old, but you surrounded yourself with older people. We're also talking like pre 9-11, you know this what I mean? True. Which is like heavy yeah. and I Definitely lived in Manhattan, New York during 9-11. Yeah, that's, um, well, that's, what was that experience like? Uh, it was my second <sighs> day at the high school I was just waxing poetic about. Okay. And I knew, like, nobody. And then they told us what happened, and it was, like, everyone just kind of was, like, shocked. And then I made it home on time. My mom saw the second plane hit, I think. Wow. I, I just made it home, and we were looking out the window because I lived on the 49th floor of this building, and we literally just watched as the towers fell. And it looked like, it was like the craziest shit I've ever seen that I'll never see anything like that in my life. Like, it was it was nuts. Um, and I did know people that were in there. Um, but, but I would wow. say that, like, um, you know, I just remember people walking from downtown, uptown, like, covered in ash. Yeah. And that smell, it, it's like something that will, like, always forever be ingrained in my brain. Like, and it took like a minute for it to go away. And even like where I lived in Midtown, you could smell it, you know, downtown kind of became a fucking ghost town after that, man. That had to be so scary and surreal. You know, we say we see things in our lifetime, but uh, I've never actually met anyone that just shared that story with me. I mean, to be able to visually see it in person. I mean, I remember where I was when I first found out and I remember seeing it on TV and MTV and all that shit, right, when I was younger. Um, but to experience that, like, that is, that's insane. Yeah. And you're not the only one. There are tons of fucking other people, millions of other people, right? I mean, everybody has, has you know, a fucking, I'm sure, like a different. Yeah, for uh, sure. But still, it's it's insane. What was the aftermath like going, like, like living there? How old were you at this time? I was... 
Let me think. Uh, I think it was 15. Yeah. 16? I would have been, been 14. 2001, 14. Yeah. yeah f- 14, 14 15. 15. 15. Yeah. 15. Yeah. I guess we're born the same year. 15. Yeah. So, yeah. It was Whoa. heavy. Crazy shit. Um, How long did it take to get back to normal? Or I don't, did think, it ever- I don't think there ever is. It's ever been the same. Um, I don't know. Like, I looked at the world. Like, it was a lot um, safer before then yeah. and now it's kind of just like you hear about all this shit and it's just sort of like it's it's not even shocking to me anymore because it's just like it's all the time it's yeah yeah it's it's all the time mass shootings everywhere in the united states of america like every day every other day what the fuck yeah. uh you know we uh, grew up in a time where it was like before and i don't know if they were just better at like putting the, the, you know, the closed eye to it, like because there wasn't the internet, information wasn't passed around as freely. The world has definitely changed since the evolution of the internet really took off, right? Which was definitely after 2001. Um, looking back now at 33 years old, uh, does that fear still kind of live in you because of that experience? No, I mean, I, I, I know because it's, you know, you obviously don't expect something like that to happen, but I would, I would say that like, you know, I mean, I'm sure everyone is different. You know, there were probably people that escaped the building that have a very different, you know, but I mean, it was a horrible time. That's for sure. Yeah. Your parents, they um, they grew up in New York? No, they are from England. Okay. Oh, yeah. You were talking about that earlier. Yeah, um, I'm the only American. I am a dual citizen of here wow, in the United Kingdom. Wow. Uh, your parents, uh, they've been together for quite some time now, right? Oh, yeah. They've been married for, oh, I want to say, over f- 50 years. Wow. That's amazing. That's that's beautiful to see. To yeah, see it's two really people. it's really nice. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really cold. nice. I don't know too many people whose parents are together either for that long or still together. Yeah, it's uh, really cool to hear when that does happen, and it's sad, right? Because you know I've been with Alyssa now for sixteen, going on seventeen years, which is amazing. Here in fifty years, that's that's incredible to and to be happy. Right. Yeah. There's one thing like 50 years and, and obviously there's ups and downs in every relationship, but, uh, see that in your parents. That's, that's cool. What brought them to the States? Um, they moved here in 1980. Yeah. Uh, a little bit closer. Sorry, my, my bad. They it's moved here in 1980. Um, I think my dad moved for work and originally I think they, they briefly lived in Boston which is where I was born. Okay. And then, uh, but I am still a New York Rangers fan, <laughs> any New York sports team, just because Shout I was out. born there yes. does not make me a fan of the Boston teams, except I am a fan of Tom Brady. Um, um, you think he's still going to be there? Uh, what? I think he'll still be there. His contract's up. That's crazy. Yeah, right. Um, I, don't, I don't know too yeah. much about football. I, I just know either, about Tom Brady's face. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he may be the luckiest man in the world, too, because yes. I think the two most attractive people in the world are married to one another. They seem happy, too, which is I know. cool. Like, that, like, you can be the two attractive people, but if... And everything's from the outset, right? Because we look at celebrities, we look at stars, like, from the outset. So, like, what you see on the inside is completely different on the outside. Um, so your parents moved to, to the States. They moved to you know, Boston, Boston New, York, New York, New York. Um, do you have siblings? I do not. So I am an only child. What is that? You know, once again, now 
looking back at your life, what was that like having no other siblings? Does, that was awesome. Okay, cool. I loved it. Okay, because your parents, like everything just kind of worked worked out well, right? It's Yeah, I think once when I was a kid, they were like, do you want any siblings? And I was like, no. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool, though. That's cool. I be, being, um, you know, I, I, I've always looked at like having two siblings was the way, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, well, if there are, if you just have one and the parents love them and help foster them and like, everything just kind of works out, um, it could still be really fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, siblings doesn't always have to be the answer. Um, what, when did you eventually come out to California? I moved almost three years ago. All right. Um, are you enjoying it out here? I'm never going back. <laughs> I'm never fucking going back, man. Uh, no, you know, it, weirdly, and I'm not trying to connect my move with, with the, you know, what we were just talking yeah. about, but I would say that like New York has definitely become not the city I remember it being. It's a cool place to visit. All of my dear friends live there. My parents don't even live there anymore. They moved yeah. to sunny Florida. So they are, <laughs> they are living it up. Um, and I actually would, if I moved back to the East Coast, I would move to like a Miami type of place. I wouldn't. There I wouldn't go. be back in New York. I also hate the weather; it's cold. But like all of the like cool, like even CBGB, it's like a John Varvatos. Yes. Like all my favorite restaurants are like Dwayne Reed's, which like for West Coast folk or anyone that yeah, is not Walgreens. familiar with what that is, that's a Walgreens or yeah. a CBS. Um. <laughs> yeah, like it's like a dry cleaner or a Starbucks, like, and it's like all these overpriced apartments that like. No one can afford to live in. So they're like vacant storefronts and like vacant apartments. Stupid. And when I moved here, it's funny because like I, I live with the same guy for eight years. My be- Like one of my best friends from home, his name is Brian. Um, and we were both remarking about how he, he actually recently just made the West Coast move a year ago himself smart, for work. Smart. And uh, sadly, he is not my roommate anymore <laughs> because he uh, needed to live closer to work. Uh, anyways, because he works at Huntington, uh, Huntington Beach. But um, he, he, we were both saying the same thing. It's like, it's crazy how much more bang for your buck you get in the West Coast. It's like, that's awesome. Like, you're the, the rent that I pay to like live in my house with a pool, I yeah. like was living in like a shoebox in yeah. um, Bleecker Street, you know? Um, I, I had some good experiences there, but I definitely would never move back there. I think it has changed so much. And I think that's why a lot of my friends are following suit by getting out of there. Not even just to come to LA. Like I think LA is a great place if you work in like entertainment or you know what 100%, I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's, it's great for me at the moment. And I, I really do love California a lot. And there's also like just so much shit to see. And I, you know, there is a, there's a, there's a lot to see and the weather's fucking beautiful. Um, except for last week. I'm sorry. Last week wasn't that good. I, I, I I, the people on behalf East of Coast, the state of California, Gosh, I know I became such a pussy now with the fucking weather. You should, you should, you should, because back East, it, it builds a different type of person. Like you said, you had to grow up quickly and that's probably a yeah, lot of people. When I was growing up, cold six months, six months out of the fucking year, it's freezing cold. When Atrium, this, there was a, a clothing store called Atrium, like that I lived above on uh Bleecker street. And I was like, <laughs> they were closing and they had a sale. And so I went and bought the biggest fluffiest, poofiest, warmest coat because it was fucking cold. 
And of course I moved a year later. So I spent like a G on this coat <laughs> that like, that like is just sitting in my closet now. Like I just, I just look just, at it, <laughs> but it's like now for some reason I'm like, so my, my skin must be really thin or no, circulation is poor. You're just or getting something. older, man. It's oh my just God. Older. You know what? I, I would, I would hit you for saying that if, <laughs> if, if you weren't the same age as me. <laughs> I know it's so true, but we're not getting, we, I mean, we are getting older, but we're not old, but we're definitely it's it's a realization once you hit like in your 30s right and you're almost your mid 30s it is a realization that uh yeah this is happening Mm -hmm. like this 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 train ain't fucking stopping yeah man if you don't make the best of it while you're here it's gonna come quick listen the only part that sucks about living out here is that i'm not near my parents which stinks but i try to go and see them as much as i can yeah um, and thankfully my schedule is like kind of flexible ish to be able to do that. I mean, obviously like if, you know, we're, we don't really schedule too much. We get like a phone call like two days before and it's like, you got to be here at this time. Like, yes. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Alyssa's an example yeah, exactly yeah, of that. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, you just, you never know, but that's life. Right. When I have time. I go and see them. Um, your parents now live in Wellington, Florida, right? They live in Boca Raton. Oh, Boca Raton, right? Boca Raton. I was actually corrected. I used to say Boca Raton, and someone was like, no, it's Boca Raton. It's Boca Raton. I actually love Boca. It's pretty fun. It is cool. The the whole area, like, it's, it's, there's definitely a difference from northern to southern uh, Florida. Um, Crazy shit happens in Florida all the time, but there, there's that kind of that pocket um, in, in South Florida that's really cool, like, like Boca, Miami, um, Delray is cool. Delray, Delray. You know, as long as it's not too fucking yeah, like hot and humid, it just sucks when it's like that. But yeah, well, that's just or I guess hurricane summer, too. Right? But well, it's definitely hot everywhere, regardless of the humidity there and the fucking scorching here. heat. Um, so <laughs> that, that's cool. So now you're at this uh, in, in your in your point in your life where you move back, or no, you move out here to California. It's been three years. Was it scary making that jump? Like, okay, I'm. Oh I'm yeah, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Um, it was definitely terrifying. What was it that said, "All right, fuck it, I'm going"? Um, what was the final straw yeah. for me moving? Uh, well, I I went to grad school at NYU. Nice. Um, for film directing, I just had to throw that in there. You mm. know, like a total asshole. Little, um, little bomb drop. No, yeah, it's cool yeah. though. So, like respect. <laughs> I, think, I think that's awesome. So what I I I knew that I wanted to leave. I actually would have moved here if I hadn't have gotten into that program, but like it was too good of an opportunity to pass up. Yeah. Um, and I met like some amazing people through the program. So I'm, I'm very blessed. Um, like the DP who shot one night in San yeah. Diego, Arlen, he, I met at NYU. He was not in my class. He was like demoing a class for whatever, us or whatever, but, but he's a great dude. Like I met great people through that program. Um, but yeah, like when I was done, the second I was done, I was like, goodbye, New York, peace out. Hasta la vista. I'm done. And you know, and I, and I left. Fuck yeah. And you'd already been to California. So I was coming like a bunch. Uh, my best friend, Alex from high school, um, she lives out here. Um, and like, we've stayed like very close. She's like my sister. And then my buddy Dave lived out here and they were like, you should just move here. And I was going through some kind of like toxic, like relationship ending shit going on in New York. And I was like, I'm just going to get out of here. So I did, and, right I, and I did not look back. Yeah. I moved to good old West Hollywood, 
where I live next door to a like 65 year old man that like brought home 18 year old girls and blasted Drake out his window 24-7 <laughs> which seems fun but when your bedroom wall is like adjacent to this man you just hear like is it just me no. this feels so good I shouldn't have to and it's like, I'm like oh my god like this does not feel good bro That's this so doesn't funny. feel good at all so yeah it's fucking dirty yeah, dirty dude. old man yeah. um, <laughs> that's cool though so you know I always looked at you know living in New York when I especially when I was like younger I, I wanted to do it I, it's like the only place West that Coast I people do it man of it's course. like West Coast people want to be East Coast and like East Coast want to be West yeah, Coast yeah man it's always been the way you always want what you can't have but then right? they always and like it's funny because the West Coast people that I know that ended up like going to NYU or moving to New York they always come back to the West Coast the New York people I know that ended up moving here only a fistful like you know come, yeah. go back yeah well it's like that weather I mean especially that weather alone but there's always a joke about people from New York. You know, they're always like, how can you tell if someone's from New York? And they're kind of like, well, how? And it's like, cause they won't shut the fuck up about how wonderful it is. Cause it's almost like they're just trying to convince either themselves or everyone yes. else. They won't settle for the fact that like maybe your favorite place is LA and theirs is New York. Like <laughs> they will just bully you until you are like, fine, New York wins. Like well, there, you, you guys are very uh, persuasive. And I have, to, I, I always say it's like something directly correlated to going through six months of like freezing fucking cold every single year of your life, that makes a person just a little bit stronger than an individual that's living in Southern California. I think LA is just a healthier place to live, which is funny because like people, yeah. in New York, people would always be like, oh, everyone in LA is like parties all the time and like, you know, like they're probably a bunch of yay heads and stuff like that, which like maybe that's true. I don't know. Those aren't the kind of people I hang out with. But like what I would say <laughs> really? is, <laughs> I mean, for sure, <laughs> but like, you know, but like real talk, like I just, I think it's funny how like LA has just made me a personally healthier person. And just in general, it most is. of the people I know, like I went smoking when I moved here because people looked at me like with such disgust. Like I was like the world's most disgusting human that I was smoking a cigarette <laughs> and I felt the judgment. Like I felt it's them true. looking at me it's and so then it's like, now. I was like, shit, I got to start going to the gym. So then I was like, well now I have no excuse. It used to be like, it's too cold to walk to soul yeah. cycle or like no rumble boxing or whatever. <laughs> and now I'm like, crap, I better go. So like I have a trainer that like holds me accountable. Good. That's important. Yeah. It's important. You know, if you have the ability to have a trainer that can hold you accountable, it's fantastic. Oh, Patrick's the man. We, Did we you meet all, him at my birthday party? Uh, maybe I was he's, slightly intoxicated. <laughs> he's the man, dude. He literally changed my body and my life. That's Shout cool. out Patrick. Shout out to motherfucking Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really cool. No, he's great. Like he and he holds you accountable. I think it's important that you have people that like make you inspire you to want to be better. Of you course, know what I mean? of course. And you have to be the type of individual that wants to have that type of criticism on you, right? Because if you can be a person that can say, okay. I, if someone gives me constructive criticism from the heart, you should be able to go, okay, well, maybe there's something going on in my life, right? Maybe I have to slightly change this or do that, especially if enough people say it. But it's very hard for people to kind of look back inside and go, well, I'm flawed. Well, we're all fucking human. That's, I mean, that's every, listen, everyone's flawed. That's why I see a therapist. You yes. You know what I mean? Respect. Like, and I, and I, I, really, me and, and I really enjoy it. And I, if you have the ability to, I think everyone should do it because I think it's very, very like life-changing. Um, so and is. it reminds you that exactly what you just said. We are all human. But can we all make better choices? Sure. sure. I make bad choices every day, but then yes, I try to even them out by making better choices yeah. next time. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, that's that's just uh, hu humans in general. But you said something that's really key. It's like 
therapy, going to therapy. Oh, yeah. I'm a big proponent for it. I go to therapy. It's changed my life, especially if you can find a good therapist. Oh, for sure. And I love my therapist. Me He's too. a man. You know yeah, what I mean? He is. Yeah. My, my, my guy is Brandon. Shout out to Brandon. Is uh is an amazing, amazing therapist uh, because he, I don't know, you don't feel judged. Oh, no, for sure. Like, you know, it's like I was always so scared to do it, like looking at back and like movies and stuff, because, you know, yeah. it's always like one of those people. It's kind of like, what do you? Yes. Think? How do yeah, you yeah. feel How about it? You, you know what I mean? No, but and yeah. it's just kind of like, no, like I never want to go and have somebody like be like, you'll bury your heart and soul. And then they're like, How does that make you feel? It's like, what the fuck do you no, mean? I just exactly. told you. <laughs> so like, I don't know. Like, I think a bitch. Yeah. So I think it's just like now that I see that it's not like that. It's like it's very interesting. And like, you know, it's like really good with self-discovery, too, man. Like, yeah. it's made me like really into like all these other weird hobbies that I never thought I would have. Like <laughs> you, you open up parts of your brain that we've closed off. And, uh, that judgment factor is so huge that regardless of what you tell them, um, at least they make you feel like there's no judgment. Maybe in the back of their head, they're like this motherfucker. I mean, no, therapy is great. Yeah. And also, you know what else is awesome? I don't know if you've ever done it, but Reiki. I have done it. Two times. It's an, awesome. I'll give you her info Please, when we're done yeah. with this. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there's an amazing chick named Jules in Brentwood. And Jules she, in Brentwood. Yeah, she has got like I'll I'll give you all her info. Yeah, but, like, yeah, please, she has please, all please, the please. sound bowls and like the tuning forks and shit. When she like Fuck, touches your yeah. body, you just like feel like I can't explain it. She's just really, really good at her job. Like she's that. she's really got this like ethereal connection. And she was like it was just I don't know, stuff like that. And I saw another like a shaman in Florida, like and shamanic yeah. drumming, yes, like yeah. any of that you stuff, just get you know, this, uh, you, it puts you in the zone. It does. Like it's, it's like therapy is a, just one form of meditation and self care. Working out is another one. You know, yep. there's like so many. And and you're a hundred and ten percent correct. And and another one is uh, taking mushrooms. Uh, for me, <laughs> psilocybin uh, plays such a a, a large role um, in things that I've had to work through. I don't. I don't take them ever, not not anymore. I have in the past, like as a recreational thing. I do it now as a tool to try to work through. Is something. that like a shamanic kind of thing, um, or like for sure, for sure? I mean, if you look down at cultures in like you know South America, Central America area, um, and they're doing the ayahuasca trips with the shaman. I always right? have it's so much connection. trouble even saying that word ayahuasca. Yeah, I don't know ayahuasca. Why. Um, yeah, I don't know the thought. Like I know so many people that swear by it, but the thought of like crying into a bucket with a bunch of other people also yeah. vomiting in the same bucket. Yeah, no. Maybe and if I'm wrong about this, I'm very sorry. Listen, People are going to probably like jump down my throat no, now for no, saying no, that. No, no. But it's, it's but the like, DMT. I don't, it's the yeah. DMT, and I've done DMT before. And what's that like? It is. I've talked about it before on the podcast. Oh my bad. Um, no, no, no. What? I don't fucking care. I'll say things ten times. I, mean, <laughs> I was even saying that yesterday. I'm like. That's I, for these conversations. I'm going to be as real as I possibly can, and I'm going to say it how it is. So I will repeat things. So my DMT trip, it was at a time in my life where I was having a lot of suicidal thoughts, mm. and as I've gotten older, I've looked at these tools: the the psilocybin, the LSD, and the DMT, which I'd never done. Um, but both of those two things as as a tool to get me through things. It's done a lot of amazing things. Uh, saved my marriage, got me off fucking drugs, cigarettes, things like that. Um, and I was having these really dark thoughts. Um, and I was like, called my friend because I knew he had it for me. And he'd been there for like maybe like a year. I sound so ignorant. You smoke, so you it. smoke, you it, smoke right? it, right? You smoke it. And so I hit him up. 
I did it at the studio that I used to record music all the time. It was just him and I. He played some music. I sat in the bed, and I took one hit, like nothing much. Two, two second hit, definitely. Like, Third hit, you're literally because I was like sitting on a bed at first. You're literally sucked into this other dimension, and you feel you look up as wherever you're looking. It's as if it's not from your perspective. Um, you ever seen like the the uh, like the UFOs and they have like the beams like that that's shooting yeah, down yeah. right. That's exactly what everything that's, looked like. Okay? I love that you but, just pointed but, that like so you funny. happen to have hey, that hey, there. Hey, hey, hey. Shout out to Shepard Ferry. <laughs> I collect all of his shit. I love his work. Um, but um, <laughs> I went to a show what, yeah, two, yeah. two years ago. I went to a show like uh, in December for my birthday. Shout oh, out to my cousin Zach. But um, yeah, so it, it, it was as if I was at the bottom. So everything was looking at me from above to down below. So it gave you perspective. And so I remember seeing this face and these dark eyes and it was something looking at me and connecting with me. And I thought it was my dad. I lost my dad when I was 17. And I started talking to him and I'm like, just, I opened up. I was like, I can't, um, I, I, I'm, I'm just done. Like I've just like, you know, my, my back issues, my fucking my bipolar shit, my fucking um, fibromyalgia. I was just like done. I was suffocated. And I was saying that to my dad and, and he goes, Brock, it's, it's not your time. It's not your time. You have a lot more to do. And I remember coming out of this experience. And as I, stand, as I stood up, I was the most scared I've ever been. I was the most nervous I've ever been. But I didn't want to kill myself anymore. That's crazy. It's fucking insane. And so this, this, these things are used as tools if you let them, right? But ayahuasca, all the well, extra stuff. Well, aren't they saying like for shrooming, it's like microdosing and exactly. shit like that is supposed yeah. to be like life changing for people who have like yeah, for like, sure. like a depressive. It, it, it opens up parts of your brain that you aren't normally using. And so microdosing, for anyone that doesn't know what it is, it's not taking enough to make you fucked up. It's yeah, like you're not trying to be a, a zombie vegetable person. You don't actually feel anything, right? Maybe a little bit of energy, but no visual stimulation. You're not hallucinating. Well, yeah, none of that. when you look in the mirror yeah, on mushrooms, yeah. <laughs> it looks like you're in one of those fun houses. Yeah. <laughs> it's so It's just funny. But... um. But people don't realize that, realize it because these can be used as tools. Because prior to the like the 1960s, they were using LSD as a tool with a therapist and people um, trying to get off cigarettes, trying to quit alcohol. And if you look at the studies from what has helped the most, right? You'll you'll have um, you know like working out. Then you'll have um, like nicotine patch, nicotine gum, and those have like a thirteen. I don't know the actual percentage rate, but it's super low, right? And then you look at LSD in the study on explained uh, via Netflix. Uh, there was an eighty to ninety percent reduction of people not smoking cigarettes for a year out. Shit. A year to a like a year to a year out. Um, and I believe that because when I took LSD, I had a purpose and a tool. I've done it a lot of times in my life, but the very last time I took it I was like two, no, it was like three, four years ago. And I went on experience and I knew that I wanted to quit smoking cigarettes. I was done. I couldn't, everything else I tried, it didn't fucking work. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And so I did a hero's dose of fucking LSD, went through an amazing trip with my friend. Haven't had a cigarette since. No shit. Mushrooms have, yeah. So like all of these things, right? And I'm not Ugh, saying cigarettes are so bad. They're so I, bad. I, I can't. So I actually bad. feel really sorry for all of the people that dated me 
when I was a smoker mm. for like all of that time because I probably my clothes, my face, yeah. like I would remember like coming Everyone in from though. my parents, like in front of my parents, and like my dad's never smoked a cigarette in his life. Yeah. And my mom smoked very briefly but stopped because I used to be like, Mommy, you'll die. And yeah. like yeah, yeah. she reminds me of that, by the way. But she would be like, Penelope, like, why are you a sm-? like you clearly just smoked? I'm like, No, I didn't. Like I would think some perfume yeah, would like yeah, erase yeah, yeah. the smell. Fuck you know what I no, mean? come on. But cigarettes are so dirty. It's so Ugh. crazy how uh with proper education, look what's happened to cigarettes, right? So we we try to ban things, we make things illegal, but then you have something like cigarettes where it's been legal forever, and then with enough time and proper education, less than 1% of people are starting smoking cigarettes. And you could say vapes, but like that's still, like regardless of, of vaping, there's a huge, because there was a point where it was, you know, 30, 40 fucking percent of the population. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's also because they were letting people smoke in like bars and restaurants hospitals, and planes. Hospitals. And, yeah. Hospitals. Movie theaters. The hospitals. What the fucking fuck is that? It's so weird to see. I was watching that TV show, This Is Us. And in like the first season or whatever, they're like, they're smoking cigarettes in the hospital. I'm like. Really? Yeah. Because it was like the 70s. I used to 80s. love that show, but then it just got too depressing. And then <laughs> the whole thing with the fire and Jack happened. And I was yeah. like, you know, they're just really, really fucking with my emotions. It was, it was for me, that show has meant a lot because especially the first couple seasons, it was very like, if you ask anyone in our family, it was like very similar to my dad and uh, the experiences, whatever, but it was just really like it touched deep for me and I listen, I listen it was it. good the first two seasons cry. are good but after a while I was like you're manipulating me and I don't <laughs> like it they do they and do I, they that's do. why they I really do. am all about the comedy man because I'm like for I sure. need to feel good in my life right now we have so much we have so much like outside bullshit that pushes down on us and shit's so creek for me all day <laughs> shit's creek I've never all day. seen that it's a good show well, oh my god it's amazing well I never watched The Office because I thought it was oh, stupid at first the but then I started watching it and it was really good um so I, I want to kind of dial it back real quick. Uh, so you move out here a few years ago. Um, you set out on a mission to, you know, make movies, right? That was your goal. What was kind of your first step in the industry once you got out here? Uh, I shot a bunch of stuff, like I directed some stuff and made little projects here and there, but I was writing my my debut feature, my One Night in San Diego. What was the premise uh, behind all of that? The behind one night in San yeah, Diego. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was loosely based on a series of experiences that I had had um, in in San Diego and around San Diego, uh, but that I obviously took a lot of creative license with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was fun to write. I wrote it quickly. I actually write pretty fast. Okay. So um, it was it was one of those things that just kind of came to me. I, like I really that. try I to that. write what you know. You know what I mean? Like the world you're familiar For with. Sure. Um, so I kind of did that and then I, then I luckily was able to, to get the funding I needed to make the film. Um, that would be a great experience. No, no, but, but but, like, I want to kind of ask you about the writing process because you went to NYU, you did all of that. So obviously you're at this point in your life where you understand at least the process, right? Well, the weird thing about NYU was that like, I felt bad for people that went in that had never written a script or, like, had never really made a film before. Like, okay. even though a lot of the shit I made at, at Fordham was, like, like some of it was dumb. Like, I, I remember <laughs> filming, like, my ex-boyfriend running around in a rat costume, like, intermingling with real people. It's like funny. It was called funny. Rat Boy. I'm sure it will <laughs> surface somewhere on the internet. Rat but, um, yeah. Um, 
But but like when I went to NYU, like I, I was like, wow, like if I didn't know how to construct story, like they don't really teach you that. Like they expect you to already know. Seriously. You know? Um, so prior to going to NYU, they expect you to understand the at least the writing structure. That's why you're yeah, there. Okay, I mean, well, you that should, would make sense, right? Yeah, but there were some people that had never written a script before. So that was interesting. But like, <laughs> it, you know, I think over time I realized what worked, what didn't work. I shot a movie at NYU that did quite well. That was a short um that like, I mean, I feel like grad school is such a weird place. Cause it's like, people just sit there and stare at you and they're like, you're never going to make it in this town. You know what I mean? Or like, this is impossibly hard. And then it's like, it is impossibly hard, but I'm also a walking example that it is exactly. possible. It is so possible. Um, it is so possible. So, you know, I, I made the feature, um, it turned out awesome, made some really wonderful, lovely friendships and connections during the feature. Um, and the two girls, Jenna and Laura, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fucking hilarious. I'm working with Jenna right now, actually, on a TV show. We just sh- Jenna just directed the pilot, um, and I wrote it. Nice. And uh, it's got some really cool people in it. <laughs> um, and it's it's really really funny. I think she did a really really great job directing. So we're now I'm in the process of writing more episodes so it's like a short form like for 10 you. 15 minute kind of streamable thing so is it, it it's just going to be like if it's all going to be online oh uh, or like pitching it to tv shows or exactly, networks i mean I'm, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do with it right now at the moment we've just written like 15 minute like short form episodes that like we'd love for like to get the funding yeah. and be able to shoot the rest of them and then we can kind of decide where we want to put them that experience going through one night san diego were you, was there ever a point where like, oh fuck, I don't know if this is actually going to work or from mm. the moment you started, you know, I'm going to see this all the way through, whatever the fuck happened. Well, I mean, I definitely didn't, it, I wasn't like, I'm going to shut it down. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there was obviously harder days and then there was better days. Actually, everyone got along shockingly well on the film. There That's was good. no drama. Everyone was really, really professional and really cool. Um, there was definitely days that were harder because it was like cold or rainy or late and like overnights are the worst. Everyone wants to, yeah, they, they, would definitely, they would definitely seem that way. But before you actually got the funding for it, um, that writing process, is that where you kind of, that, that's like what you enjoy the best or is it the production part of it? And they're totally different, you know, because I've realized as I've gotten older that like, I'm really happy to write stuff for other people to direct. Um, okay. I just don't think that anyone would have been able to direct this movie because this was kind of like my baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I lived it, so I, I wanted to direct it. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, but yeah, like I, I definitely think that like the writing process is really fun, but it's also really draining and tedious. And like we have table reads to like fix any problems that exist within the script. Um, and yeah, I mean, like we... You know, I, I was thankfully was able to have some really nice people come and read the script out loud. And like, yes, uh, so many other people are always like, oh, table reads like, you know, like, oh, man, like I, what a great job I did. And it's like, I don't want the table read for that. I wanted to know what's working and what isn't for sure. It, for anyone listening that doesn't understand or know what a table read is. Can you explain that? Yeah, it's basically when we take all of the uh, like either the actors or some people that we want to cast as like all the characters and someone reads out loud all the narration. Okay. And then all the people do read out the dialogue together. So you're actually. So it's kind of like making the movie without actually like acting it out. Yeah. So they're literally just reading it. So they do it for all shows and things like before they film them to just test everything and make sure it's all working for for you when you were saying that you like to do the table reads in 
person uh, or obviously in person, but like to kind of figure and work things out. Yeah. It reminds me of like a band, like coming together, someone writes the music, then they, you know, get all the the, the people together and then they, they make it and then they'll fine tune certain things to make it flow better. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's freaking awesome. So I never cool. looked at it like that. That's really cool. So we, so we did the table read and then, uh, yeah, then we shot the... Uh, the movie. The film. <laughs> so for for that, what is the next step with that? You gonna where's it gonna live? Where can people see it? Um, we are talking to some distribution companies at the moment. Mm-hmm. We're literally finishing up the final stuff in post. Um, like nice. the animation shit in the beginning and I'm excited. Uh, yeah, they just finished all the sound stuff. So I, I'm I'm excited for more people to see it. Yeah, I think it's um, gonna be uh I hope it's going to be one of those weird culty kind of movies. It totally feels that way, it, it's I promise. Like, it's like one of those movies that it's, you're meant to like smoke a blunt <laughs> or like, you know, crack open a beer and yes. watch it. And like, it's meant to be like good fun. It is. Um, it is really good fun. And Romeo and Michelle is like one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Like that movie, like don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. All movies with like strong, cool female independent characters that like, don't need no man or to yes. get ahead, you know? <laughs> like, I like that. Is is that something that um, kind of has always been who you are? Like, fuck that. You don't need a man. You can do shit on your own. Um, I would say that I definitely really have always identified with strong female characters for sure. Um, I don't think that women need men to save them. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Everyone's got their own shit. Like you can take care of yourself. I mean, obviously there's different things in your life, but as a, as a human being, women are definitely, uh, able to carry their own. And I I mean, fucking movies, it's, it's awesome to see. So watching that movie when I went in and, and I didn't know what I was even, you know, getting myself into, but I was thinking about, I was even talking to Alyssa about it to see people laughing for the entire fucking movie. It was awesome. Really I, I'm cool I'm happy because I was so I was a nervous wreck before it screened, and uh, at the Grove of all places. Yeah, no, that was cool though. That was a good spot. And I was like so nervous. I think I was like crapping myself. And then people started laughing, and I was like, okay. I, honestly, I was just really nervous. Like, what if the movie like shuts out in the middle of its screening or something? <laughs> but that's that's funny. But it is like anytime you put out a body of work, right? You put your heart and soul into something, and then you share it to the world. It's it's nerve wracking. I think especially comedy is really nerve wracking because it's like there's no like middle ground. It's like either it's funny or it's not. Yes. You know what I mean? But yeah. thankfully everyone has different tastes and yeah. either everyone was really drunk or high or something that <laughs> night. People were you heard it. You knew it. You, you, you definitely. I mean, that's that's the point. Right? If people are fucking laughing and they're <laughs> laughing their asses off. Well, then something's right. Um, so now you're working on this this other series and after that you're figuring you know you're doing the distribution uh, of this with, of this um I've written two other features that I'm like in the process of doing some stuffs with and uh yeah I know I'm working on a documentary with Pierce who I did the movie with that's cool what's it gonna be about um it's about a an Irish singer um named Ronan Tynan okay. Uh, he was in the three Irish tenors. Uh, he still is. And he's also just like an international s- singing sensation. He actually, he sang at uh, Bush's funeral, Reagan's funeral. Okay. Um, he used to sing God Bless America for the Yankees. And then at one point he ended up singing for the Red Sox. Um, he is <laughs> also um, an amputee. Both of his legs uh, are uh, amputated below the knee. Wow. Um, 
and he is a very tall man because uh, <laughs> he has, you know, the, the prosthetic legs. But he uh, he's a great, really interesting guy. He's also an equestrian, you know, special Olympian, all kinds wow. of stuff. So really interesting dude. What what compelled you to do that? Like, what, how did you even first find out about him? Oh, or? I've known him, actually. He's like he's like my older brother. Hey, Ronan. Uh, I, nice. I, I, I love Ronan. He's a great guy. Um, I've known him since I was a kid and, uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful person. So I, I'm, I was excited. I kind of thought about it and I asked him if he would be down and he was like, yeah, I would. That's amazing. I mean, to be able to go through that, how, how did he, um, end up losing his legs? I believe it was as a child. Okay. Um, he was basically just told that like he would either have never walk again or he would amputate. So he chose to amputate. Wow. That's uh, you can never fully imagine um, having to go through something like that, you know? And I I find it awesome that you're building a a story around him in a, in a documentary around him, Um, how he ended up singing for the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, Yeah. There was like a little, um, like a thing happened in New York, which we go into in the documentary. I'm not really going to get into it now, but um, he ended up leaving and moving to Boston. Okay. Um, and now he's sing. He was singing for the Red Sox. I believe now he's also doing a residency at a school. He's doing so many things. Wow. He's able to. He's a doctor. Yeah, it's, and it's, a, it's it just shows you like anything that you can face in your life, you can still push through and persevere. Yeah. Um, and that's you too. Like I, I love that you came out here, been out here for three years, made the fucking movie. Now you're working on other, all these other things. Um, to be able to have that drive and motivation, is there something that you can look at your life and say, okay, this is what fucking pushes me every day? Um, I think what pushes me every day is the fact that I moved here for a reason and I'm not leaving until I see it through. You know what I mean? I mean, seriously, like I, 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 that's the big thing is like, you know, I want to like put my money where my mouth is and, you know, show up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a good um, mindset to live by, you know, yeah. as, as, as human beings to whatever the fuck it is. I mean, just look at Ronan, right? I, I, his story is amazing, right? Yeah. You, you're faced with things in your life and regardless of what that situation is, to be able to push through and persevere, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's courage. So um, your, your, your parents are in Florida, you're out here. Um, what is going to be the next five years of your life? If you could look forward into the future, what would you see yourself doing in the next five, ten years? Hopefully I'll have a really successful uh, couple of films and TV shows under my belt. Yeah. And uh, hopefully I'll I'll be in a stable, committed, loving relationship <laughs> uh, with someone other than myself. And uh, I'll be... <laughs> I'll be with, I'm uh, just kidding. I'm not stable. Um, and then uh, I'll be with my dogs, my three lovely dogs. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, jokes aside, I, I don't know where I'm going to be. I, I, you know, I'm always trying new things. Um, I actually am really into cooking. So I cook all the time. I went to culinary I love school. That. that was one of the weird random things that I did. Okay. Um, so I went to culinary school before I went back to college. And I could not stand the heat, so I got out of that kitchen as quick as possible. But I do cook at home all the time. Um, so that's always really fun. So I'd love to do something more with that, like outside of film. For sure. Have it then, as a hobby or is like something else that you would pursue? 
as like a hobby, I think, you know, it's, I think it's important. Like I always try to have like non film based hobbies yeah. that I can like go to like Netflix and chill is all fine and good. Um, but like, I think that like, it's more, there's like, I, there's, there's something important about having other outlets yes. like to do stuff 100%. that's not related to like your job. Yeah. So many people kind of get caught up in the shit that they're doing and they forget um, that we have to be doing other things. Having a hobby outside of work is so important. Like for me, it's cooking. It's yeah. learning how to read tarot, which is like something I'm super into. You were supposed to bring and you're supposed to do I know, I fucking forgot. What the fuck, man? I forgot, dude. I suck. I was so excited. I was like, I've never done I, well, it before. I, I'm going to have to come back when Alyssa's here yes. and then I'll do it for her. Oh, too. for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and also, I don't know if you want me to do an actual reading on your podcast. I would do it. I would do it. Oh, man. You know, that's, um, I've always had a funny one with that one because. With tarot? Yeah. I mean, maybe there are people out there that can do it, Um, you know, like legitimately, like truly, truly do it. Well, tarots aren't supposed to tell you anything bad. Oh, then I have no idea. Oh, it's not bad. No, it's 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 thing? more like energy, like universal energy. Like if you have a question oh, for yeah, tarot, yeah, you yeah, like yeah, ask yeah, and yeah, then yeah, you yeah. do a spread. So I'm like just learning about like the major and minor arcana and like what different, what they mean. And major like, and I, I've minor always, arcana? What's yeah, that? like the types of cards. Okay. So like. I had no idea. I love king that. king of pentacles. Or really? Like, you know? Like, yeah, there's all different cards. It, it's really interesting and you can get really cool decks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just think they're interesting. Like, you know. Yeah, for, for sure. I'm a big, well, you said something key though is like energy. Like I'm a huge believer on energy um, that we put out and that we take in and. At the end of the day, I have no idea what the fuck this is all about, but uh, I, I do see how people can connect together. And if that's what it's about, tarot's that. Um, definitely, next time you come over, I want you to read it for me because do it. I have and, no and, idea. And that, and, that and Reiki, man. Reiki is if you're really into the transfer of energy, then you should really look into the Reiki thing. That's where cool. it blew my mind. I want to get the number of your friend. Yeah, right? she's because great. I've had it done twice, and. I'm not the type of person when I get a massage, I can fall asleep, I can fully relax. And the two you times- You passed out both times? Both times. Yeah. Both fucking times. I mean, they're good. But like, it's weird, right? Like they like touch your body and then No, you just- he never touched me though. Weird. He never, he- it was, He did uh, it like above you. Yes. People have different methods for it. Like the yeah. shaman guy in Florida, he doesn't touch you. This lady like touches your head. She also has like psychic and medium abilities. Like so like there's nice. like, conversational stuff you can talk about before- or I can just pass um, out and fall asleep. Honestly, she put a weighted blanket on me and it felt like I was just falling asleep in a giant hug. Yeah, that's awesome. Weighted great. blankets are dope. I need one. one. I, uh, we got a list of a couple of them, but they weren't that good. But I'm sure there's good ones out there. Or do you go like Target? Uh, no, I don't even fucking know. She <laughs> bought it. Maybe Costco. I don't know. It's probably not that good. No, and then one online too. So I know those for a fact. Um, you know, when I asked you to come on to the podcast, I wanted to know a little bit about more about your life, kind of where you came from, where you're going, what the next five to ten years look like. Um, but hopefully, it, I'll be holding Oscar next time you, I, I you, come to your you, podcast. You, def- you definitely will. I <laughs> definitely will. To think, and I, it's 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 just super mad props because to think to be able to write something, to put it out, to have that many people um, laughing. Stick with this shit. You fucking have something special here. And so I really look forward to seeing, you know, the next pieces of work that you put out. Thanks, um, dude. No, nah, mad, 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 mad respect. Um, so 
as I kind of close this up, uh, you know, I just always like to say thank you because thank you, Brock, for you to come on here to even open up, share something about your life, kind of get a little deep and personal. It does. It means it means the fuck to me. It means the world to me. So, um, thank you. Well, you're a very easy gentleman to speak with. and yeah, you have some. I wish people could like see inside this dope ass studio. Thank it's you. fucking cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's rad. I keep yeah. like looking. I'm like looking. My whole head's like poking around while I'm looking. It's almost. At all your shit. It's, it's almost done. I got to finish this wall. I'm like, it's it's pretty rad, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love art, man. I love. Well, I love street art. I love Shepard. My Ferry. mom's a painter, and so I always have been really into art. Thank and you. like, actually, she she did. We we desperately needed a piece of art that mm-hmm. was cleared for the show. And like, it was like very last minute and it didn't occur to me until I realized that there's a huge blank space in the wall. And like, you know, we were a small team when we did the show. Alyssa just worked on it as okay. well. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I'm sure she probably yeah, told you yeah, about yeah. it. And uh, my, we had this painting that I remember my mother like slapped together really quick. And like, cause I was like two hours to get this painting to, for another show we worked on. And I kept it cause I thought it was cool. And we ended up using that. So <laughs> it's prominently featured in the entire show right now. That's so cool though. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, that's cool. It's that's interesting. Cool. So mama Dukes is a, she's a painter, huh? Yes. That's cool. Yeah. She's I, cool. I, um, I suck at art, but I appreciate it <laughs> as you can uh, tell a little bit. I just, I don't know. I love little shit, but, um, yeah. Penelope, thank you so much for coming on back to your story. Have a good night, people. Peace out, motherfuckers.